is up, everybody? Welcome in to the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, January 15th. We've got NFL Divisional Round Preview episode coming up for you guys. Going to go through all four games of this upcoming weekend, uh, sprinkle in some favorite bets throughout the weekend, uh, give you my breakdown, what I see from both sides of the field, and, uh, and then we will move into score predictions and uh, talk a little bit about maybe the championship previews, the conference championship previews. Um, so a lot to uh, discuss outside of division around weekend. Um, I'm trying to think, depending on how much time I have this weekend, uh, I might be doing an extra bonus podcast episode. I, I wasn't able to get anything done in the middle of the week. Work got a little bit hectic. Uh, this is our busy time of the year. So at night, I wasn't able to get anything done this week. Just needed some time. Um, but we're going to put a lot of uh, a lot of stuff out. Obviously, we have to talk about the Robert Sala hiring by the New York Jets. Urban Meyer to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it appears to be Arthur Smith to the Falcons at the time we're recording this. Um, so we have to talk about all that stuff. We also have to talk about the Seahawks. I'm going to try and have Jack Fitzpatrick on sometime next week. We just weren't able to get our schedules lined up together this week. Uh, so we'll take a look at that as another episode. Uh, we, like I said, we still have to talk about Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of podcasts that we're going to be throwing out there, random dates and times. Um, so, you know, for now, we're just going to focus on divisional round. There's so much going on outside of it that if we tried putting this all in, it would just be too long of a podcast. You know, I like to try and keep these things as short as possible. So uh, we're just going to go in game by game, break down favorite bets, uh, final scores, and then take a look at what my uh, championship uh, previews would be for the AFC and NFC. So let's start it off first game on Saturday uh, late afternoon. We've got the six-seed Los Angeles Rams taking on the number one seed in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers. This is the classic matchup that we always like to see in the postseason especially. We've got the number one scoring offense in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers taking on the number one scoring defense in the Los Angeles Rams. So really exciting matchup. Obviously, we know the studs on both sides of the field. Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Best matchup, uh, best one-on-one matchup of the weekend. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has been having one of the most impressive stretches we've seen from a cornerback in quite some time. And I know, you know, we take a look at, uh, you know, guys that, you know, uh, you know, a guy like Xavier Howard, who's had a, a ton of interceptions this season, um, you know, his numbers have been great, but no other corner can hold a torch to, to Jalen Ramsey. He's the best cornerback in football. It's been that way for about four years now. You know, if you followed all of my work, I said three, four years ago, his prime years on the Jaguars, I said, look, this is the best shutdown corner in the league. I thought last year, Stephon Gilmore took a little bit of a step above him. Obviously, he ended up winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, I, I, I said it a few times this season, I think Jalen Ramsey was kind of just figuring out Los Angeles, um, the new system, and then this year he's been brilliant. So he's back. Number one corner in the league, Devontae Adams, obviously is one of the best two to three wide receivers in all of football. Going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, we've got Aaron Donald, of course, looks like he's going to be ready to play. Um, and, and, you know, the name of the game is A, trying to bring down Aaron Rodgers, and, and uh, B, make sure that the run game doesn't get going. You know, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams... Um, A.J. Dillon, they've got a, a, a bunch of talented running backs. So, um, you know, I always like to preach balanced offenses. Packers certainly have that with their studs. Um, it, it's going to be really fun on that side of the football. So then you flip to the other side. Rams offense, Packers defense. Uh, big thing here, obviously, no uh, John Walford. 
He will be unavailable after the injury he suffered against the Seahawks on last Saturday. Uh, it'll be an injured Jared Goff playing. How healthy is he? Not entirely sure. Obviously, he's going to be getting better. You know, it's not like the injury is probably getting worse. He's, you know, had the procedure. It seems like it's getting better. So maybe he'll be a little bit better than he was last week. Last week wasn't really that impressive. Um, and uh, look, Goff hasn't had a good season. I think it's pretty clear now, and Aikman tried leaking this out during the game. Sean McVay isn't really a big Jared Goff fan, and that's going to create some tension, especially... You know, I you paid him a lot of money, so he's your your franchise quarterback. But what happens if we get to a territory where maybe next year he underperforms? You know, how frustrated or how quick is Sean McVay eventually going to be to try and find a quarterback? You know, we see, you know, a guy right in his same you know state in Kyle Shanahan who looks like he might be ready to dump off of Kyle, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, just something to keep an eye on there. Obviously, I, I don't think there's a lot to take into consideration with this week because Goff. Is playing injured. Um, so, the the thing that I'm the thing that I'm concerned about for the Green Bay Packers because I do believe they'll be able to put up a ton of points as long as they can. Um, not not a ton. Sorry, let me let me retract that. I think they'll be able to put up enough to win this football game. But the main concern comes to what we've seen Green Bay struggle with for the last two seasons now, and that's prolific rush attacks. And the Rams really have something going here with Cam Akers. And then also considering the fact that Jared Goff is playing hurt, I think they're going to go really heavy in the run game. You know, they've got their offensive lineman back healthy. Andrew Whitworth is back at left tackle. Uh, so that unit is up there. And look, I, I don't love Seattle's defense, but the Rams torched him with Cam Akers. You know, he really seems to be emerging as a as a great running back in this league. And Sean McVay knows how to dial up these, run, uh, these zone reads on offense that, look, Teams struggle with, and Green Bay, you know, if we go back last year, it was the two times they faced the 49ers they got diced up in the rush attack. Uh, this year it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There have been teams just, you know, when the Packers struggle, it's it's they can't stop the run. That's, that's the story with Green Bay over the last two seasons, um, and you have to be a little concerned about that when thinking about how they'll be able to, uh, you know, get Aaron Rodgers back onto the field, get their defense off the field. Um, I, I think the secondary will match up perfectly fine with Los Angeles' wide receivers, especially considering, like I said, Jared Goff is not going to be at 100%. I'm not worried about the passing game. You know, Jair Alexander, they've got some guys back there. It's a really talented secondary, and a, and a young one too. But I am worried about how their front seven is going to hold up against the Rams. Um, you, you know, we've just seen it too many times with Green Bay. At the end of the day... I think the Packers will be able to jump out early enough to a lead where the Rams at some point will have to abandon the run. Really, it comes down to Green Bay being able to attack first um, because it's a lot easier to avoid being diced up in the run game when the other team has to pass a lot to move the ball down the field. You know, when they have to have these quicker drives where they're passing and passing and trying to get these chunk plays when they're down. So, you know, like, like I said last week, it's really important for some of these teams to jump out to the early leads um, and to be able to sustain that when, you know, to take to make the opposing offense one-dimensional. And so if the Packers can jump out to that early lead and they can make the Rams a little bit one-dimensional, I think they'll be able to advance to the NFC Championship game. Now, I, you know, I, I should feel more confident in the Packers, but like I said, it, it really comes down to the fact that just over the last two years I have this bad... Uh, taste in my mouth when they face heavy uh, 
rush attack opponents. Um, and, you know, I'm going to take the Packers here. I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to take them to win this one 27-21. I think they will advance to their uh, second consecutive NFC Championship game. Uh, will they be going up against the Buccaneers or the Saints? I'll tell you what I think in just a few minutes. But I do think that the Packers will be able to squeeze this one out. I really do believe at the end of the day I'm taking the fact that uh, you've got the, the, the better quarterback by a mile at this point. You know, if, if, if it was, you know, a balanced, if I'm going to be critical over balanced attacks last week, I have to mention the fact that, like, yes, if the Rams are able to run for 60 minutes, then they'll be fine. But if it's a lot of, of having to keep pace with Green Bay and, and needing to pass the ball, I don't think they have enough balance there because I don't think they'll be able to have enough success through the air with Jared Goff injured, with the talented Green Bay secondary. So at the end of the day, Packers win it. It's going to be a little close for a while. Um, but I'm going to take the Packers 27-21 to 21 over the Los Angeles Rams. All right, moving on to the second Saturday game, we've got the five-seeded Baltimore Ravens traveling to take on the two-seeded Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo, fun fact, 11-3 in home playoff games in team history. Ravens obviously were able to escape Tennessee or, uh, this past week, knocked off the AFC South champions. Buffalo uh, taking down the Colts in what was a very back and forth game there. Uh, to me, best game of best game of wild card weekend. Look, both teams underwhelmed uh, me. Both teams were underwhelming on Saturday uh, last week, or sorry, over the weekend because the Ravens played on Sunday. Both teams were a little underwhelming. Uh, for the Bills, I was a little. Um, you know, it's been the story of the season for me. Their, their defense, especially in the front seven, I haven't loved. There were some times where they were able to hold their own against a very dominant Colts offensive line. But, you know, as good as the Colts rush attack has been this season, the Rams is a little bit more prolific, especially when you take into consideration uh, Lamar Jackson and what he can do in the run game. So I didn't love what I saw to Buffalo's defense. Now for the Ravens, I, I kind of was underwhelmed in all areas. You know, to take a look at their defense first, their front seven did a great job limiting Derrick Henry and just shutting down that offense. But if you remember in the first quarter, the Titans were, went pretty pass-happy. They were able to get a lot through the air. They were attacking the cornerbacks. I, I thought that Arthur Smith kind of had a really bad game plan and wasn't able to adjust at halftime, saying, hey, look, yes, we have Derrick Henry, but our pass offense right now is, is torching the Baltimore secondary Look, Derek, we love you, but but the game is kind of just phasing out at this point. They stayed committed to the run. It didn't work their way, and they ended up losing that game, and that's something they'll have to live with. But I think what we can learn from that is, hey, the Ravens' secondary isn't that great. And so, yes, their front seven performed extraordinarily well, but the Bills aren't a run-first team. You know, they're not. Their their game isn't predicated on the run. It's predicated on Josh Allen and you know those four or five wide receiver sets where they're just stretching it with Diggs, Brown. Beasley, Davis, Gabriel. They've got so much talent at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, when the Bills do try to run it, I think Baltimore will be able to hold their own, uh, especially now with Zach Moss being out. Um, to me, I've said it for weeks now, I've said it all season, to me he's the better running back than Devin Singletary. I think he was emerging as the lead back, where Singletary was more of the change of pace guy. Now they have to go just Singletary. It definitely hurts to me their ability to have a balanced offense but like I said they've never been a team that's predicated on the run 
and I think that they can uh, they can have a pretty pretty easy time picking apart the Bills set or the Ravens secondary. Um, you know, I'm still not buying the Ravens offense. Tennessee had a really bad defense all season. You know, the week before, they allowed 41, 42 points to Deshaun Watson. I forget what the final score of that game was. But they've been allowing a ton of points, a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns. Quarterbacks have looked great against that defense all year. And um, it it was a struggle for the Ravens to get out of Tennessee with that win. It wasn't an easy one. And, and not that I expected to necessarily be an easy one. I thought it'd be a close game. But I, I see a lot of people now, and I look at the Vegas line, um, and Vegas right now has it as Buffalo minus 2.5. Look, I'm sorry, I don't see it that way. I wasn't left, you know, thinking, oh, wow, the Ravens are legitimate contenders. We have to take them seriously. Um, I, I was left kind of saying they played a very bad defense. We're only able to put up, what, 20, 21 points. So they faced a very bad defense and struggled. Uh, defensively, I think they got a little lucky, too, with a with an offensive coordinator that stayed dedicated to the run and, and didn't. Uh, realized that they were having way more success through the air and, and didn't adjust their game plan at halftime. I think it was a pretty fortunate win for the Ravens to be able to escape with it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to say left in this game. You know, I, I really don't think it's going to be... You know, it, I'm sure it'll be close early on. I'm sure it'll be a little bit of back and forth. Um, you know, there was a couple instances, I guess, you know, just taking a look at Josh Allen. I thought he, I thought he played a great game uh, on Saturday. Um, almost got a glimpse of the old Josh Allen with some some bad turnover potential, but you know, fortunately the you know Bills were able to jump on the ball when that happened. I thought his decision making for the most part was pretty good. The only the only way that I could see this is if if the Ravens front seven is actually so good that Josh Allen can't move around outside of the pocket. Um, if he gets sacked a bunch, if if they make him uncomfortable, then look, you know, I think it could be a little bit closer of a game. But with how quick. Uh, this Bills offense is at getting the ball out of his hands. I really think they're just going to dice up that secondary. Um, so it'll be a fun game. I think the Bills eventually pull away and the Ravens won't be able to amount uh, a little bit of a comeback. I'm going to take the Bills 31-21. to 21. I like a minus 2.5. Uh, let's see what the over-under sat at right now to see if I like that at all or not. Um, you know, with the, with the first game, I guess to go back to any any bets that I love in it, um, you know, Packers minus six and a half. It's right around where I predicted, you know, I predicted a six point win. So I'm just going to probably, I'm probably going to take the Packers minus six and a half when, when it comes to, uh, to Saturday. Um, the over under, I'm probably going to stay away from 45 and a half is what I have it at right now. Um, and look, for the over-under in the Bills-Ravens, I just said 31-21, that's 52. It's set at 49.5. I would probably go the over in it um, because there is that chance that the Baltimore Ravens offense is better than I'm giving it credit for. Um, but really, if, if there's one bet that I really do like, I think the Bills can win this one by at least a field goal. Um, you know, Packers minus 6.5 is probably what I'll end up taking. Um, but those are those first two games. So I've got Green Bay... Advancing, they'll be hosting whoever wins Bucks Saints, and then the Bills, um, you know, will either be hosting the Browns or taking on the Chiefs. So let's talk about that one next. Uh, Sunday, early game, Cleveland Browns taking on Kansas City. Uh, first thing that pops out to me is sort of, uh, I guess, when you take a look at favorite bets and whatnot, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, 
you know, the Browns do have a really tight and um, orderly offense, offensive game plan, um, predicated on the run, getting play action passes for Baker, getting the tight ends involved, getting the running backs involved in the, in the, uh, in the receiving game. I do think the Browns will be able to put up a lot of points in this one. Uh, and there's no doubt to me that the Chiefs are going to be able to put up a lot of points on the Browns. I mean, they're 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 one of the best offensive personnel groupings I've I've ever seen. You know, I, the people are really I, I guess down on the Chiefs this year because at times it it looked a little ugly, it looked a little close. To me, I just see a team that's you know. I, I really think there's something to say where you can go 14-2 and two and not show teams a whole lot of your playbook. I don't really think they opened up the bag of trips, tricks that much. Of course, there's stuff that, that Andy Reid always likes to put in a game and some, some fun little designs up there. And, yeah, there was one game they tried throwing a pass to Mahomes that got picked off. They do some complicated stuff in the regular season, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit different of a game plan for them. And we're going to see we're going to see who the Chiefs really are when the playoffs start. Um Got to check the latest on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, let's see. Will he be available? He returned to practice a day ago. He was limited on the Wednesday injury report. Um, looks like he could be good. That's a, that's a big thing, having Clyde back. Look, Le'Veon Bell wasn't great. Looks a little washed. Um, you know, maybe he's just at that point in his career, or they haven't been able to get things going and... Uh, you know, to me, Clyde was someone that was really good before they brought in Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if it was a splitting carries thing or maybe he hit kind of like that rookie wall. Um, but if he can come back and he can come back healthy, then that'll be great for the Chiefs. Another thing that's great for the Chiefs, uh, the Browns have allowed the fourth most yards to tight ends this season. Hello, Travis Kelsey. Um, if you're looking for a prop bet, I believe right now his line is at 56 and a half. Or no, sorry, 86 and a half. Um, I like the over on that. Um, oh, sorry, I should have said this prop bet. Uh, Colts did pretty well with their tight ends against the Bills, um, and they don't have a ton of great names, so if you're looking for a prop bet in that one, take the over on Mark Andrews' uh, receiving yards. I think it's at 56.5 right now, so take the over on that one. I would also say take the over on Travis Kelsey yards. Those are just some of, some of the bets that I like so far this week. Obviously, for all of my picks, head over to Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. Saturday morning, I will put them out. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, think Travis Kelsey will have a pretty good day. Like I said, uh, Brown's fourth most yards allowed to tight ends this season. I think it'll be back and forth for a while. I think it will. I think the Browns are really good coming out of the gate with scripted plays. I think their first half off offense is very uh, successful. And look, the Chiefs defense isn't that great, especially when they get into the red zone. It's, uh, I believe, the worst in football this year. Um, so and, and given the fact that the Browns have a very uh, heavy you know, great offensive line, great rush attack. If they get into the red zone, I, I like their odds of converting touchdowns instead of having to settle for field goals. Um, at the end of the day, I'm just going to take the fact that the Browns won't be able to keep pace. At the end of the day, like it, they're going to in the first half, and I think it's just a second half Chiefs pull away. You know, maybe a Baker interception in there um, takes a bad sack or, or fumbles the football. I think there's going to be a Baker mistake eventually. You know, I think... I think we like to overreact to the games that we see on Saturday. 
or on, on wildcard weekend, and it impacts our thoughts heading into the divisional round. And I just said about with the Ravens, like, yes, they beat Tennessee, but Tennessee really wasn't that good, so I don't like their odds going up against Buffalo. Like, yeah, the Browns put up a lot of points on the Steelers, but, you know, you jump out to a 28 nothing lead, kind of a fluky one. You get your first touch on the first play on a fumble, um, you know, by a bad center snap. You know, that, that to me is kind of just a fluky game. I can't take a lot out of that. Like, yes, the Browns looked good. They also had a lot of lucky breaks early on that, that helped pave that road. And I don't want to count on luck when I'm trying to predict who's going to win a playoff game. So I think at some point, the Browns offense is going to stall. Um, but there's going to be a lot of points. The Chiefs are certainly going to put up a lot of points. The Browns will be able to keep pace. But at the end of the day, um, I do see the Chiefs winning this one by double digits. I've got it 42-28. to 28. I've got a 14-point game there uh, right now. Vegas has them as 10-point favorites. I like it. There's always that thing you have to consider with like a backdoor cover. If the Browns are down 14, they score a touchdown, they try the onside kick, the game ends at a 7-point game, and then you lose that. Um, but I think that the Chiefs, Browns, favorite bets here over on the Travis Kelsey yards. And and the over of, uh, I, I got it at 56, I believe, earlier in the week. Let's see what I got at early. It's at 57 right now. Yeah, I got it at 56 earlier in the week. I, I took the over. I still like 57. Like I said, my score prediction um, is what, 70 points? Yeah, 70 points. So I, I love the over in this one. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs 42, Browns 28. Terrific season for Cleveland. I think it just comes up short. The, the Chiefs, to me, have just been kind of hiding. Uh, I don't think they want teams to really know what they are yet. Um, and they still were able to finish 14-2. and two. I think that I think that this is by far and away the best team in the AFC. So we've got a Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game that will be going on in Kansas City. Let's go into the fourth game of the weekend and figure out that NFC. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to take on um, the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans has won five straight games versus the Buccaneers. Obviously had a lot of success over them uh, this season. You think about how they started in week one and then in the middle of the season as well, too. Um, really important game. You got to make sure you're watching this one. You know, it's a it's a really it's one of those games where um, and, and I and I say this with every playoff game. I should say this with every playoff game that we've got that that has the Saints and has the Buccaneers. Um you know, eventually we're going to get in that territory with the Packers. It's like, you know, we're not going to be able to enjoy these guys for much longer. Um, you know, to me, Drew Brees is probably going to retire after this season, no matter how it goes, if they get bounced in the divisional round, if they win a Super Bowl, um, even if they lost in the Super Bowl, I, I think that this is the end for Drew Brees. Uh, you know, I think we'll be able to see Tom for at least another season. I don't think he's going to hang it up just yet. Um, but this probably is the last time we get to see Breeze and Brady go at it. Um, tremendous what these guys have been able to accomplish throughout the course of their careers and to be able to, you know, they've opened up a new lane for quarterbacks and being able to produce in their early 40s. You know, there have been some quarterbacks that have done it, but I don't think there are quarterbacks that have done it as well as these two have. Uh, so really impressive. It's it's one of those games It's like you, you, can't, you can't miss it. Um, I'll say right now, I don't expect it to be necessarily the most clean game. I think both quarterbacks are going to look a little rough on Sunday night. Um, I, I don't think it'll be a beautiful, flawless football game there. I think both are going to have some tough drives and uh, where you're like, okay, what is this offense going to do? But nonetheless, I, I really do think we just got to sit back and appreciate these guys and, and enjoy it. Because, you know, it, you know, I, 
I spent, you know, 10 years watching Peyton Manning. Not seeing him in the game sucks anymore. You know, it was so fun to be able to watch him throughout the course of his career. And I know a lot of people like to hate on both these guys because of their success. And, and Tom Brady maybe a little bit more than Drew Brees. But, you know, at the end of the day, I there, it was a few years ago where I just was like, look, I'm going to stop trying to hate on Tom Brady. I'm just going to love him for who he is. You know, the greatest quarterback of all time. And, um, and, and I've really been enjoying watching his, you know, the end of his career, the tail end of his career. Back to the game. Um, you know, it, it, I said earlier that the Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams is the number one one-on-one matchup of the weekend. The number two one-on-one matchup of the weekend is in this game. You've got Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans. Uh, add in there, these two guys hate each other. Uh, they got into a fight a couple years ago. They always seem to have, um, you know, some, some definitely, they, they got beef. So keep an eye on them throughout the game. It'll be a very physical battle between those two dudes. Um, you know, some of the best at their positions. Hard to beat a team three times. You know, it's such a big narrative that, you know, if you face a team in the division twice, you beat them twice in the regular season, you see them in the playoffs, it's tough to beat a team three times. Um, you know, the key to the game here for me is Todd Bowles. This is a guy that is um, interviewing for head coaching gigs right now. Hopefully he gets his second shot. Um, you know, I've said before, I truly do believe he's best fit as a defensive coordinator. I think not trying or not needing to have control over the entire locker room is a is a plus for him. Um, and I thought he's done a great job in Tampa the last two seasons. So to me, what I look at is, is you've allowed a ton of points to the Saints throughout the regular season. What adjustments can you make now? Because if you can't make adjustments to to limit them the third time around, you know, that, that shows me your inability. Like I said, with... You know, a guy like Arthur Smith, Smith, and, and, you know, he's a great, I think he's going to do a great job of, as a head coach if he officially gets the job. I'm not sure if he's accepted it or whatnot, but if he gets the job, he's going to do, um, he's going to do well, but my concerns with, with some of these coordinators is their inability to adjust, and, you know, there have been a few times whenever we saw the Titans struggle, you know, they, they failed to adjust and just go pass happy and, and, you know, understand, you know, the game flow. Um, Todd, you know, needing needs a big game here. Um, needs to make some adjustments against this Saints offense. Now, I will say between the two times in the regular season that they faced each other, I don't think the Saints offense is as good now as it was those first two times, and that's crazy to think because, hey, you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees have barely been on the field together this season. Um, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see it. Drew Brees... The balls are always at the right place. They're always on target, but they travel at a snail's pace. Um, his arm, man. I, I, the main reason why, you know, I, I know he's got a gig at NBC waiting for him. He's got all this stuff post-career, but just in terms of, like, why he would hang it up, I think it's, to me, that arm just doesn't have it anymore. Um, like I said earlier, I think this is going to be the ugly game of the weekend. I just, I don't see either team really being able to do a whole lot, kind of like with Baltimore-Buffalo, but even in a, in a greater sense. Um, these teams really didn't impress me. They, they had the two easiest opponents of wildcard weekend and still struggled to get it done. I know you take a look at the score with the Saints-Bears and you go, eh, that was a you know near double-digit, that was a double-digit win, and the Bears scored a touchdown, a garbage-time touchdown at the end to make it closer than it was, but you know the Bears were the worst team in the playoffs, in my opinion. 
Uh, and uh, they hung around for a while. If you take away that dropped catch, I mean, that's a much closer game um, in the end zone by Wims. Um, I, I just, I, I was, I wasn't impressed by the Saints. And then for Tampa, they were able to put up a lot of points. Um, but there were points where it got a little too close for comfort as well, too. I just think we're in for an ugly game. I think we're in for a defensive battle where both of these quarterbacks are trying their best, but it's, you know, a couple drives that flame out. Um, to me, this game is a coin flip. It really is. And I know that I'm such a Saints hater, um, but I'm just going to stick at that point if I think the game is going to be, you know, a coin flip kind of game. I'm going to take the narrative that it, it's, it is tough to beat a team three times. And so I'm going to take Tampa Bay to escape New Orleans with the victory, 24-20. to At the very least, uh, with this game, I like the plus three. I love the Buccaneers' money line. There could just be the story that, look, the Saints are the better football team, and the Buccaneers have struggled against them all year, and they'll continue to struggle. That storyline is definitely realistic, and um, but at the end of the day, I think it'll be a coin flip. And so I'm going to take the team that hasn't had the chance to win in this in this series yet this season. Um, so so feel pretty confident about the first three. That last game to me is just I feel like something weird is going to happen in that game. Um, but I feel pretty confident in the first three about the Packers, Bills, and Chiefs being able to advance. So just taking a look at the championship games, we've got the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. NFC will be the Packers and the Buccaneers. Um, as you guys all know, or if you don't, uh, beginning of the season, Super Bowl prediction was the Chiefs and the Packers. So if the games play out like I see it, that is still alive. Um, look, I'm not someone that's going to, to you know, I, I the people that always bug near the analysts who are talking about games, and they're saying, well, you know, I predicted this back in, in June, and I'm still sticking with it. You know, they, I'm just, I'm going to stick with my pick to hopefully be right. Like, I'm not going to do that if I think a team is better than the other. Um, I'm going to change my Super Bowl prediction. You know, if I if I think next week that the Bills look more impressive than the Chiefs, I'm going to pick the Bills to win and go to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to stick to my opinions just because I made the prediction and I want to be right. I want to take what we know about these teams on today, January 15th, and make those predictions. So um, those are my games. Uh, like I said, my favorite bets of the weekend, just to recap those one more time. I do like the Packers minus six and a half. Um, staying away from the over-under on that. I can't tell if, if the Rams will be able to put up a ton of points. If they won't be able to, I'm staying away from that. I do love the Bills minus 2.5. Love, love, love. Probably my favorite spread of the weekend. I'm going to like the over on Mark Andrews uh, receiving yards. I do like the Chiefs minus 10. I think you have to be a little careful, of course, with that backdoor cover by the Browns. Just you know, trying to make it a one-possession game so they can try and kick the onside kick at the end. So... Uh, you always have to be a little bit wary of that, but I do love the over, even at 57. My prediction's got 70 points in that game, so I just I see a lot of points. Take the over, um, take the over on Travis Kelsey yards. Oh, there's a few more actually that I want you to that I want to make sure I I put out here. Um, <laughs> where where are my notes? Oh come on, sorry. Let's let's head to it because I do want to put out. I want to put out my favorite bets, the ones that I've already taken, so let's just get them all out there right now. Um, and there's a few more in the Browns-Chiefs games. They're overs. They are overs, but... Um, okay, so yep, here's here's what it is. I like the first half over of 27.5. I like the Chiefs' first half team total over 16.5. I 
I think they can at least put up 21 in the first half. I mean, I like the full game over of 56. Still like it at 57. Um, props, we've already talked about the receivers or the tight ends for two of those teams. And then in the last game, if I'm, I'm going to end up taking Buccaneers money line, so I'd stay with that. Um, I'm going to stay away from the over-under because like, I think it, it should be an ugly game. So maybe I would even lean the under. What's it at? It's at 52. My game predicted 44. I'll probably take the under on that one too now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I think we'll be in for an ugly, kind of gritty-type football game. So that's it. That'll be the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. I appreciate the feedback. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at BlakeAndrewPace. Like I said, I'll put out all of my bets uh, tomorrow morning for the weekend, and any ads will go on there as well too. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll throw out some bonus uh, podcasts throughout the next week or so talking about all the stuff that's been going on around the league as more coaching hires happen as well, too. Um, you know, if the Deshaun Watson story unfolds a little bit more, if we get some key retirements that we didn't expect, all of that will be addressed. Um, just got a little busy at work this week. Thank you guys so much for listening to Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. Enjoy your divisional round weekend. Enjoy these games. We've only got after this weekend three more left on the season. Uh, so enjoy these four. Enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Peace.